A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit BeNext.ThinkMoCo.com to see how we can help you be next. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 97 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode in store today as we inch ever so closer to episode 100 in a few weeks. And with me, as always, my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, bud? Dude, I can't believe it. Almost to 100. That's that's awesome. It'll God, that's going to be, what, in a week and a half? Yeah, two. If we if we do just two episodes a week, the next two it'll be the so that'll be ninety eight ninety nine. It'll be the Monday episode. So on what's that? What's that Monday? The thirteenth? No, fourteenth or something like that. Yeah, fourteenth, fifteenth. I don't know, somewhere in there. We got to do something special for it. Yeah, what? I don't know. That's a good question. We'll have to figure that out. In the Before, yeah, we probably should plan this. We don't have much time. We can a week and a half from now. I know. We'll, we'll so, do something. We'll do something special. Yeah. Do you think I can hit 10,000 followers on Twitter before 100th episode? So that's a week and a half. I need you're at, you're, less than 300 followers at this point. Oh, we'll that's do it. Tough. We'll do it. We'll, 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 get the, we'll get the old bump going. We'll get Heathers <laughs> to chime in. We'll get probably Vlad Sadler will chime in with the gut bump there. We'll get you. We'll get you the. Tank. We're close. Yeah, it's going to be some milestones, man. It's kind of cool. So, you know, I don't. I don't care a lot about Twitter following, but but to see the K by your name would be really cool. Like the where, where you can't even see the whole number of your followers. It's just like ten point something K, and for you, it's almost twenty K, which is cool. So, well, yeah, you, I think you can see you can see it if you scroll over it with your mouse. You know yeah, that? yeah. But if you just generically look at the yeah, uh, right, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's, it's we're getting up there, man. It's been it's been a while. I can't believe we're already at almost episode 100 here. We're still plugging along here. You know, Rob Manfred might not be plugging along still in a lockout, but this is the first episode we've recorded after the lockouts or after the uh, lockout was extended and not uh, opening day games were canceled. First two series of the year. So that sucks, but we will still be plugging along here at Fantrax HQ here on the tool shed. Chris and I will still be putting out a lot of work, and we just started our team-by-team team top 20 prospect rankings. We'll do that basically every day. We might we might miss a day or here or two here and there, but 100% will be done by minor league opening day, which is like the 
8th or something like that of, of April. So um, we already did Baltimore and Boston. And when you listen to this on Friday, we'll probably have, uh, what's our next one? New York up as well. So yep. check those out basically every day for the next month or so. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we had a fun, really fun episode today as well. We're keeping the breakout trend going here. We did the pitching prospect breakouts on Monday with Christian Crespo. So if you missed that, go back and check that one out. That was episode 95. Today we'll be doing the hitting side of things. But before we get into the show, the usual housekeeping. You can find us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto Clegg. Give him a follow. Get up to 10K. I'm at Eric Cross 04 and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Follow our show account, too. We post a lot of fun stuff there, too. If you enjoy this podcast, please write and review. Check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra content from both of us. And, of course, check out all the other great work we have over on the Fantrax HQ network, including our 2022 draft kits. And we are updating our staff rankings as we speak. Um, so a lot of a lot of fun stuff in that draft kit. So go check that out before you get into your drafts. All right, Chris, let's get into it. As I mentioned, we are going to be doing hitting prospect breakouts for 2022. We're going to give a grand total of, what, 16 names today. Uh, four from each of us in the infield, four from each of us in the outfield. We will start right in the infield there and start with a catcher of all uh, positions here with, <laughs> from Chris. Who do you got, Chris? Who's leading yeah, off for us? Yeah, I actually switched this one kind of last minute. I had some, I don't even remember who else I had, to be <laughs> honest, but there was somebody different. But honestly, I'm not sure if this person sticks a catcher or not. But for now, they are a catcher. And that is Indy Rodriguez in the Pirates system. He was actually with the New York Mets for a little while before coming over to Pittsburgh. Now, he's pretty intriguing. And honestly, I'll admit that I wasn't really on to him until earlier this offseason. And I've really been turned on to him just based on what I've seen. Um, game action, game film looks really good. And the numbers are really good, too. And this was his first full season in, I guess, full season ball in general in the minor leagues. You look and he signed back in 2017. He played in some rookie ball with the New York Mets in 2018 and 2019. And then obviously not having the 2020 season, we didn't really see him until now where he's now 21 years old, was in low A. So, you know, part of me wants to take it with a grain of salt, but still you look at his WRC plus, which is league adjusted, 140, which was really good. He had a WOBA of 410. And he slashed 294, 385, 12 last year. The plate discipline is actually really good here. You can see it in the numbers and you can see it on game film. He had 11.5% walk rate and just a 17.7% strikeout rate. Hit 15 home runs, had 73 runs in RBI apiece, and two stolen bases. Now, he is a switch hitter. And he does damage from both sides of the plate, which I think is pretty impressive. I'm watching, I've got a video up right now of him hitting right-handed. Right-handed against lefties last year, he had a 974 OPS with three homers, just 72 at-bats. But from the left side, still had an 892 OPS with 15 home runs. And you look at switch hitters normally, and normally one side is a lot weaker than the other, which is pretty significant here. I think he has a really good feel to hit here. And I think there's an argument that you could see him make a jump into the top 100 and maybe even the top 50 here. The hit tool is is really good. I mentioned the contact skills are there. The plate discipline is definitely there. And I think the power is a little better than people give him credit for. And you look, when he plays a premium position at catcher, and we see good catchers obviously get a little bump, and especially when they're good hitters, which doesn't happen very often. Great walk and strikeout rates. 
I think the power, as I mentioned, he showcased. I think he's a 20 home run bat. I mean, he had just 434 plate appearances last year, 98 games, and he had 15. I don't see any reason why he's not a 20 home run bat, even though you look and some of the scouting grades are list him as like a below average, like a 40 grade raw and 30 game, which I think is interesting. But you look, the swing speed is definitely there. He's got really quick hands through the zone. He whips the bat through. Very powerful. You just watch everything about him, and I really like what I've seen here. He's listed at six foot one seventy, but I think he's got a little more muscle than that. He's a really good athlete behind the plate, which means that it's highly possible that he could move off the position. He actually is in camp right now. He's gotten some work at second base, which you know that could be interesting too. Second base catcher eligibility, man. <laughs> you remember when we lifted Austin Barnes up so much in drafts because he was second and catcher eligible? He wasn't even a good hitter. No, so, he wasn't. <laughs> no, still wasn't. Indy Rodriguez is one to watch, and I actually found one of your tweets. Prospects in low A in 2021 with 25 games play at the level with a 75% or better contact rate and a 200-plus ISO, and Indy makes that list. With some other really high-end prospects, Ezekiel Tovar, uh, Jorbit Vivas, Curtis Mead, John Kenzie Noel, just go down the list. Anthony Volpe made the list, Kobe Mayo. So really good list here for him to be yeah. on. And like I said, I, I think that we haven't really seen his best. Still a young prospect where – he could add some weight and add more power, and we're looking at a really, really solid player here. So Indy Rodriguez, a catcher, is my breakout, and it's my first pick for this episode. Leading off with a catcher, how dare we? Now, I, I like the pick as well. Uh, I've been kind of getting turned on to Indy Rodriguez recently as well. Um, yeah, and the, and the athleticism is going to be huge too because obviously long-term Henry Davis is probably the long-term guy behind the plate, so – getting out from behind the plate and outside of catch. So like, look at the Pittsburgh Pirates lineup right now. Obviously you get Cabrian Hayes at third, you get Reynolds in, in, in the outfield, you know, Cruz at short. Besides that, none of the other spots are really locked in. Like, I don't, I wouldn't even say like Sutsugo is locked in long-term. Then the rest of the team is like Michael Chavis, Kevin Newman and Ben, Ben Gamel and Anthony Alford. It's like, yeah. So plenty of places to break in, whether they move in the second an outfield spot, who knows? But uh, yeah. Like the bat with any Rodriguez. I'm going to start here with a, a shortstop from the Detroit Tigers organization here with Christian Santana. Uh, the more I watch Santana, the more I really, really like the offensive profile here. Saw a video of him the other day in Tigers minor league camps, hit an absolute tank. Um, swing can get a little busy. I want to see him quiet the hands uh, a bit, uh, especially when the pitch is coming in. There's a little extra motion there than. I would like, but he's still very young. He's still only 19 years old, so um, definitely has a lot of time to uh, really, you know, get that in the in the in the form as we like to see as he gets older. Now, last year in the Dominican Summer League, led the DSL in home runs, I believe, with nine, along with a 269, 421, 521 slash line in 216 games. Also had 12 doubles with a 13.9 percent walk rate, 21.3 percent K rate. And a 251 ISO also had 12 steals. You know, it's not really, you know, it's, it's the DSL. So I could probably steal 12 in the DSL and 216 <laughs> point appearances. But uh, there is an element of speed to his game. He's not going to be a big speed guy, but, you know, maybe he's a guy that adds, you know, five to 10 annually. Um, but what's going to carry him is the bat. He's got a quick right handed swing, patient approach, really waits for his pitch to drive. And he can, you know, he's shown that. He can. The, the raw power, I'd say raw power is around plus right now. Still filling out his frame, but he's shown some good, you know, some good oomph in that bat already with, the, like I said, with that patient approach can 
draw the walks of the high clip over 14 percent that's really really encouraging to see and I, and I don't think that was just because of the you know quality of pitching the DSL uh, he's shown a patient approach you know the one problem right now or I don't know if it's a problem but it's a little bit of a red flag he is very pull happy like pull rate was 59.3 percent last year 58.8 percent fly ball rate so he can really when he get, when he gets in the one to his pull side he can really drive it a long way but I want to see him use the whole field more again he's young so he'll be able to work on that especially as he gets into probably gets in the low a <clears throat> this year with Detroit so uh, but good feel for hitting could be an above average hitter um if if he learns how to use the entire field more with above average to plus power and a little bit of speed too so uh Detroit kind of needs they, they got they got Javi Baez now obviously but you know uh Willie Castro hasn't really worked out um uh, I think uh, Isak Paredes hasn't really worked out. So I think Santana obviously is still several years away, but this is a guy that could really, really break out this year. And maybe he moves to third long term, see how the body fills out. But I think he, like I said, could be an above average bat, above average power, a little bit of speed. So definitely a guy that could really break out here uh, in 2022, especially when he gets into low A ball for the first time. So Santana is my first guy. Who's your next one, Chris? I'm heading to Yankee land and talking about Alexander Vargas here, who is a shortstop prospect in that system. Uh, he, I saw a video of him today actually, where he just um, finished this at bat by just mashing a home run. And, you know, he's been one that I've kind of liked for a little while. He hasn't done a ton enough to warrant like, you know, really jumping on prospect radars yet, but I think that's coming this year. Obviously the Yankee system is just absolutely loaded with uh, middle infield talent. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where Vargas actually ends up. You know, he's played shortstop most of his career and he's, he's one that I think developmentally was a little bit behind because, you know, the 2020 season really messed with him where that would have, should have been his first full season in like in regular season stateside ball. He played in uh, rookie level ball in 2019 and then in complex level this year, because he missed the season, he really fell behind on development time but you're looking at Vargas when you're looking at him. You're looking at a guy with solid field hit and really solid speed. I think the biggest question here is how does the power really develop? But I think that we can see it come. You're looking at a profile where he can definitely add weight. I mean, he's a skinny dude, at least listed at 150. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's added a little more weight. I haven't seen anything like any videos or pictures up close to, to verify this. But there is some videos that are close enough of him in the cage where it looks like he's definitely added some muscle to the frame. And you mentioned, I mentioned switch hitter with Andy Rodriguez. Vargas is also a switch hitter, which is interesting. Didn't mean to do two switch hitters off the bat, but here we are. And he was like, when he came out, I was looking at the report on Fangraphs, and they noted that uh, many teams valued him as a multi million dollar player when he was an amateur because of his, his workouts um, pre signing. You look at him, he's really quick, uh, the ability to hit. I mentioned he's very small. I think there's a very projectable power frame here. I think you're looking at a player that really could come along this year. He's going to be playing the first season in stateside. He'll probably be in low A Tampa. Be just 18 years old, which is also worth noting because he signed so young. So he should be well on his way to, to really taking leaps. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him you know, in the top 100 this time next year and it could be even higher if the power does come because the hit and speed i think 
are really solid. So I think he's one to watch out for. And that's Alexander Vargas, shortstop with the New York Yankees. So I will also do a switch hitter from the New York Yankees, but a very different one. I'm going to go with Anthony Garcia. Um, was an outfielder, switched to first base prim- uh, primarily last year, but definitely has the bat to fit at, at and even stand out at first base. So there was, you know, it, it was a mixed bag uh, with Garcia's profile and, and his performance this past year. You look at some of the of the good. We'll start with the good. Let's start with the positive here. In 39 games, 153 plate appearances between uh, the Florida Complex League and Low A Tampa. Combined to slash 306, 444, 678 with 14 home runs and only three doubles. That's weird. You don't usually see that much of a split there with home runs, the doubles, but 14 home runs, 15 steals. Um, but the uh, some of the contact rates and the strikeout rate were just not good. Even though he hit 318 in complex level and 291 in low A, the contact rates were 62% and 55%. But when you hit the ball as hard as Garcia does, you can uh, you can get away with that in the low minors, but that's not going to carry you all the way up to the major leagues. Like he's going to have to get those contact rates up. You're not going to survive with the contact rate at 62% or 55%, obviously, uh, in, especially not going to hit 306 over a full season with those contact rates once you start facing better pitching. But 14 home runs and 153 plate appearances is nothing to scoff at, and those were, you know, those were legit, like, Garcia is a big boy. Listen at six foot, uh, six five, two oh five. I think he's already put on a bit of weight there. I think last time I saw some video of him, he looked a little bigger than that. Uh, be hard, interesting to see. Maybe I can talk to some of my people that I know in the in the Yank that cover the Yankees more closely. See if they if they agree with that. But the power is absolutely legit uh, from both sides of the plate as well. So he's a switch hitter, um, and that power he hits. Uh, he's he's better from uh, from the left side. Had twelve home runs and. 37 games, 113 point appearances from the left, two and 39 point appearances from the right uh, versus lefties, and definitely struggled against lefties, though. Like, he's definitely much better from the left side. So we'll see if he ditches hitting from the right. We'll see. Um, but 348, 460, 772 from the left, 179, still at a 410 OBP, though, uh, and 393 OB, uh, slugging from the right side. Walks a good amount, but the K rate is also there was over 30% overall, uh, 29%, uh, excuse me, uh, in the complex level, 29.4, and it went up to 36.8 in low A. So contact rates need to improve, needs to be a little, you know, less swing and miss, a little less chasing outside the zone, needs to get that pitch recognition a little better. But the power, raw power, this is like 80-grade raw power, um, even has a little bit of speed as well, like maybe around, maybe average now, but probably gets below average long-term. But, that power could carry him if the contact skills and the uh, strikeout rate improves a little bit. Uh, so definitely, definitely at least an intriguing one for sure. Like I said, that, that hit tool will be the X factor here, so we'll see. But uh, the power is very, very intriguing there from Anthony Garcia. Uh, so he's my next one here, and back over to Chris. Yeah, he's one that I really like. He just scorches baseball. So. Yeah, when you, when you hit the ball that hard, like – you don't need like a 75% contact rate. Like you can get by, even if it was like upper sixties, that'd be, that'd be okay with, with his quality of contact. Like right. he, he just scalds the balls to all oh, yeah. the field. So yeah. 
put in well, a decent line drive have. rate, he's going to hit for average. I mean, just just the nature of it. You hit the ball that hard, good things are going to happen. Right. He'll he'll run some high bab ups in his career for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to head down to Tampa Bay, and there was a actually pretty interesting trade that happened here, where the Rays got this prospect from Cleveland, who two systems that I consider pretty savvy when it comes to prospects, but. You know, this trade was actually made largely because of the 40-man roster situation with Tampa, where they traded Tobias Myers to Cleveland and got back uh, Junior Caminero, who is my pick here to break out. And obviously, Tobias Myers was going to be Rule 5 eligible. And instead of adding him to the roster, they decided to trade him to Cleveland. And Cleveland actually did protect him. Cleveland has... I looked I was when I did a rundown of prospects on 40 mans that can't participate they have 13 prospects that have not debuted on their 40 man kind of nuts but wow aside yeah aside no other team had like more than 5 I think like in Minnesota had 5 most teams were like you know, 3 to 4 but you know a side note um there but Junior Caminero looking at a a young 18 year old who didn't turn 18 until midway through last year where he was 17 in the Dominican Summer League and he absolutely raked I went to a 240 ISO, had a 295, 380, 534 slash, uh, 145 WRC+, nine home runs, two stolen bases. Cameron Arrow is a very, very intriguing prospect, showed good plate discipline as well, walking in the high clip, striking out, not at a high rate. Again, DSL, you take kind of those stats with a grain of salt, but I do think it is worth mentioning when you look at Cameron Arrow because we only have so little on him. The little bit we have, I do think, is worth using to assess him. Very quick bat. I mean, he's he's posted some of the videos, some of the game videos uh, on his Instagram, and you can find. And man, he uh, just whips the bat through the zone, quick swing, and it it really been. He has a big leg kick too, which I think helps. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but shoot, I mean, he he gets to the ball and just can really mash it. And we'll we'll see who he is when he, we see him stateside full time, but. uh he he was li- all right. So here's the interesting thing. I found something on Twitter, actually, just now, where he's listed at 5'11", 157. So I found a picture of him working out with Vlad Guerrero Jr. So Vladdy is six foot two. Camonero in this picture is a good two inches taller than Vladdy, at least. So I find that to be really really interesting he could be one the body's just really filled out he's definitely bigger than 157 i can tell you that because just looking at him he's got the muscle there's gonna be a big power coming this year a lot of speculation with junior Caminero, but i just think that you're looking at a potential power guy with a good field to hit maybe even chipping a little speed we'll see how he runs this year if he's really added to that frame but overall i'm looking at a player that i think can can really take the next step forward and jump up a list significantly. And right now I think you can get them for pretty much free in dynasty leagues. And I would consider going out and doing that right now before he takes off. Yep. Another good name. That was another name I was debating as well. Uh, I'm going to go with another power bat here. Going out to Cincinnati with Reese Hines, their second round pick in the 2019 draft, big third baseman, 6'4", 215. And has the big raw power, not near, not quite Anthony Garcia raw power, but you could you could throw double plus on Heinz's raw power. And he had a pretty good season this past year. Only got in the fifty four games. Yeah, he had a torn meniscus in his knee, which definitely sidelined. I think it was for two months or so, maybe even two and a half months. 
But overall, 12 home runs, 7 steals, 13 doubles, 259, 332, 542 slash line. Had an ISO of 263 in low A, 382 in the complex level, slugged over 500 at both stops, really improved that OBP and average. Um, actually, they were much better in complex level. They went down, obviously, when you got to uh, low A. But funny thing, the contact rate went up, though. It was 62% in complex level, went up to about 69% in low A. So definitely like the improvements there. He's another one, though, that needs to cut down the strikeouts, though. 28.1% in low A, 31.7% in complex level. Bit of a free swinger, but the walk rate was around like 8.5% overall between the two levels. So he does walk a little bit. I don't think he'll ever be a high average, high OBP guy. I think best case scenario, you're looking at 50 hit, and even that might be generous. He's probably more like 45 hit long term, more of like a 250, 255 type of hitter. Probably like a 320 OBP, so he will never be an asset there in either of those two departments. But the power at Great American Small Park is going to be very, very intriguing. He can run a little bit too. Uh, another guy that can, you know, at least chip in a handful of steals. And this could be a 30 plus homer bat uh, at that ballpark for sure. Like he could be what we've seen out of Eugenio Suarez. Uh, for the last handful of years, maybe hopefully not the you know sub 200 average Suarez that we saw last year, but the big power, so so hit tool, a little bit of speed from third base. Uh, I think he's coming. I think he had a, I think he would have been higher on lists if he didn't miss all that time because he had a pretty solid season overall. He said 12 home runs in 226 plate appearances, 29 overall total uh, extra base hits. Excuse me, in those 226 plate appearances. So. Love the power there. Love the future home ballpark. And not really much in his way either. Like Suarez isn't going to be around forever. So Hines could be their long-term option there at third base. And so that power, 30-plus home runs, could put him middle of the order with a lot of good hitters in front of him. That's always a pretty good lineup they have there in Cincinnati. So uh, love Reese Hines to break out even further this year. Hopefully he gets a full season in. Um, but he's my next one here. Uh, Chris, who is your th- uh, last one here for the infield? Yeah, we're going to hit a uh, lot of Seattle here moving forward, <laughs> Yeah, especially in the outfield. But uh, this one, I think, maybe flies under the radar more than most, and that's Milkar Perez. He's one that just hits. Now, I talked to someone that watched him pretty regularly out in the complex. There's on a complex league, and they said that it was unreal the amount of contact skills that he had. The power really hasn't come around yet, but you look and – the plate discipline was just kind of unreal. I mean, he walked more than he struck out last year. Again, complex ball, take it with a grain of salt, but I still think it's pretty impressive. There's a chance I think he adds more power because you look and he's got a pretty strong and broad body where he could definitely add and get to probably average game power. But so far, he really hasn't displayed that yet. But what's most important here is that the hit tool is just special. Like, Easily plus hit tool Um, from everything I've seen in red. He just hit and he hit and he hit and he hit some more. That's, that's what Perez did. He even made his way to Modesto to end the season just for six games though, but he was still impressive there. Still hit 296 in those six games, small sample, but he hit 310 out in the complex. So that's important to note. He should be able to stick at the corner. I think has a decent glove there, but the bat, I think just really plays up. The biggest question with him is how will he tap in the power? Like what kind of power 
are we looking at here in this profile? And that's really going to be the biggest concern. The hit tool, no doubt, is there. But if he can get to the power, then we're looking at a, a much more intriguing fantasy prospect that really jumps on the radars. Because, yes, I'll always bank on a prospect like this who has a proven hit tool and then can develop power. Because I look and I think that there's a frame here that can add power. So I'll bank on it with Melkar Perez. And you think the Seattle system's not already crazy deep? Well, here we go. There's four names left, three names after this at least, where there's some serious things to like in the system, and it's only going to get better. So Milkar Perez, small, stocky, could add power. So, yep, I, uh, I'm i a fan of him and will really bank on him, his hit tool and the potential to add power. The Milkman. Yes, Seattle is absolutely loaded top to bottom in that org it's like they'll graduate a couple you know top guys and then they just have a couple more right behind them so love that's one of my favorite systems right now that seattle system both sides of the ball they have a lot of good pitching talent as well we talked about a couple of those guys last week so or earlier this week with the uh, pitching prospect breakout so love seattle good pick there i will round out the infield uh, with a guy that has much better contact skills than the last two i talked about uh, going Vaughn Grissom's uh, infield prospect for the Atlanta Braves. You're Atlanta Braves, Chris. Uh, played some second and some short, some third. Kind of played all over. So not really sure where his long-term home is, but that versatility is going to be key because, you know, at, <laughs> at the major league level, you got Ozzie Albies at second. You got Austin Riley at third. You got Danzby Swanson at short. So really need to have that versatility because who, who knows where he ends up. But. That's still a couple of years away. He's still, you know, he maybe he gets up to double A to start the year. Uh, ended last year at high A, but only 52 plate appearances there. So probably starts back there. But the contact rates were very, very good uh, this past season. And low A, the 82.5% contact rate. And then it was only 12 games in high A, but 86.5% contact rate. So uh, I think there's a potential for a plus hit tool there. Uh, overall, the numbers are very good at both levels. Combined in 87 games, 380 plate appearances, slash 319, 418, 464, 16 home, uh, excuse me, 16 steals, was only caught three times, added seven home runs, uh, and walked almost as much as he struck out, 45 walks to 54 Ks. That's an 11.8% walk rate and a 14.2% strikeout rate. So obviously with those contact skills, like, as I mentioned, low K rate, he, he puts the ball in play. The power lags behind a little bit, but, you know, there's still some room to grow into his frame. Like, he's 6'3", 180 listed, uh, which looks about right from the video I've seen. Obviously, I'm just guessing, but uh, he's already kind of shown a, around average raw power. So I think he could definitely grow into a little bit more. I don't think he'll ever be like a 20 homer guy, but 15? You know, 15 homers, you know, close to 20 steals, good average, good OBP. It's going to be a guy that hits near the top of the order one day. Again, this the question is, where does he fit in long-term with the Braves? I don't know. Maybe they give him a shot in the outfield. Who knows? But it's not really an opening there unless they decide to, like, move Riley over to first base. If Freeman does leave, that opens up third. Who knows? But uh, Grissom, very, very intriguing prospect. Just turned 21 years old last month. Was their 11th rounder back in 2019. So, this goes to show that you don't need to be a high pick. We see these guys all the time, the late round, the double-digit round guys that pop up every single year. And Grissom was definitely that guy this year. And he had a pretty good debut back in 2019, too. Hit 288, 361, 400 uh, in the Gulf Coast League back then. So 
he just hit everywhere he's gone. High contact rates, great approach. I think a little more power upside than he's shown. Solid above average speed. A lot to like here. So uh, I will round out the infield with Vaughn Grissom. We will take a quick break, come back on the other side and get into some outfielders. So don't go anywhere. Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how we can help you be next. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's get in some outfielders here. We got eight of them to talk about, and three are from the Seattle Mariners organization, including this very first one. All right, I'll take it away with Gabriel Gonzalez. You probably know the name by now. He's one that jumped up both, I think, our list pretty significantly to end the season. When you're looking at Gabriel Gonzalez, a young outfielder, just turned 18 to begin 2022. So he was 17 all last year in the Dominican Summer League, hit seven home runs, stole nine bases. Pretty encouraging stuff there. Overall, you just look and pretty well-rounded type player. Little smaller right now at 5'10, 165. But again, this is when he was 17 years old. He's gonna grow. He's gonna fill out. I think that's pretty significant to note there because he could easily grow into more power here. And you look, a lot of scouts really, really love this profile. I mean, what he did last year in game was extremely encouraging. And then you look into the profile even more, and he's got a really physical frame. And he's got a really good swing as well. He's a great athlete, obviously, shown by his ability to steal bases. Again, you know, we we take that with a grain of salt looking at stolen base numbers in general, but he is pretty quick where he can really uh, move and I think can sustain the ability to steal bases. Um, you look, and I think that he's got really good bat speed. He extends to the ball really, really well. And you look, if he puts on strength, he fills out this frame. I think that there's potential for him to gain probably, say he's listed at 165 right now, he could easily gain 30 pounds in that profile and really add strength just through muscle. Like that's all muscle that he could add. So, you know, this the speed could tick down with time, but overall I think Gabriel Gonzalez could really pop. And you, you think back to a young Julio Rodriguez, you know, that's crazy to even think about right now because Julio Rodriguez is – you know, my top prospect in the game, at least. He's one of the top prospects for most people. But this is kind of how uh, he started. Julio Rodriguez started in this kind of profile where he was smaller, he added weight, he popped on the scene early, and then he just really blossomed into who he is. And if Gonzalez continues to show a good feel to hit, especially being really young, and he'll be stateside this year. So if he's stateside and he is really showing the ability to hit over full season at 18 years old, then you know he's one that's really going to pop up a list and is a huge breakout candidate. So Gabriel Gonzalez is my pick here. You know another Seattle Mariner, and we got more to come. That we do. I love Gonzalez as well. He's moved up into my uh, where is he? He's one fifty nine right now. I'm still tinkering. I'll have my update on site on fiatxhq.com next Monday. Uh, what's that? March seventh. So um, he might be top one fifty by that time, but definitely close to it already so love me some gabriel gonzalez and yes we got two more seattle guys to come 
but not right now. I'm going to go over to the American League Central uh, with the Kansas City Royals, and I know this next guy is going to make our buddy Jared Perkins very happy. Uh, that's Junior. I'm not sure. Is it Marin or Marin? I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I think it's Junior Marin, but I'm not. Okay, that's what I thought. So ju- I'll go with that until someone corrects me or until I actually find out for sure. But Junior Marin last year really broke out. He was in the uh, previous international signing class where they also signed Daniel Vasquez, who we saw out in uh, Arizona this past fall. Uh, but Marin's the one that really stood out this past year. Uh, they put him in the, in the Dominican Summer League, 32 games, 111 plate appearances. Slashed an insane 380, 469, 696, 16 walks to 19 strikeouts, added eight doubles, seven home runs, and five steals, was caught two times. Uh, really, he's, he's still only 17. Like He won't even be 18 for another week and a half or so on March 15th. He's 6'2", 220. Very strong frame. You know, right now he's a corner outfielder. Maybe he has to move the first base long term. Who knows? But the power looks to be plus from what I've seen a uh, quick right-handed swing could really elevate. Well, has that nice bat path that leads to line drives and fly balls um, hit tool looks pretty solid as well. You know, obviously it's still very early. He's only got 32 games in the Dominican summer league, but I think there should be at least an average hit tool there. We'll see how that progresses, especially as his body fills out. But I love to see that approach, keep that strikeout rate very, very low, well under 20% walks at a high clip already. Again, we're, we're talking small sample size here, so maybe it was just a hot couple of months, but the skills look to be there uh, around average speed as well. Maybe that ticks to, to a 45 grade as he if he bulks up more, which you got to think he does. Like, there's not necessarily a lot of projection on the frame, but so he's still only seven, you know, be 18 here in a week and a half. So you got to probably figure he's not fully done growing yet. So maybe he's 6'3, 6'4, 240. You know, by the time he gets done growing, we'll see. But the early returns are very, very promising, especially from the power standpoint. Um, he'll probably come stateside here in 2022. Uh, we'll see probably down in the complex level. But uh, very, very exciting profile here with Junior Marin. Uh, Marin excuse me. Uh, so he'll be my, my first in the outfield that I'm really looking to acquire. He's already moved up a good amount uh, in my prospect rankings right now, sitting at 233. Uh, that's already at 40 spots from my last update. So he's slowly creeping up my rankings here. He'll probably be 200 b- before very long. And I, I could see him being top 100 by, you know, like mid-season or so. So see if his breakout from last year carries over to the States this year. So Junior Marin, my first guy. Back over to Chris. Yep, that's a good pick there. Let me break up the Seattle because I've gone two straight Mariners. And I've got another <laughs> one, but I'm going to break it up here with a Cubs prospect who – that system's really good, and he, I think he flies under the radar in it. And that's Johendrick Penango. He is a 19-year-old outfielder in the system who last year played between both low and high A and was really good at both. I think he displayed a really solid feel to hit. Uh, the contact rates were, were really good at both. He actually jumped even higher. He was 82% in low A Myrtle Beach and then jumped to 87.6%. Yes, just 105 plate appearances but still highly impressive in high A as well. So Johendrick Penango hasn't showed much game power yet. We really haven't seen him get to it all that much. He hit just five home runs last year. He stole eight bases. But you look, the overall profile is really good when you look at it from a plate discipline standpoint. And also he's got a little speed to go with it, while also have, having some power coming his way, I think. And Penango 
to me, is one that's kind of just flying under the radar in this system that is quite deep. And I think that if he can add a little, and this has kind of been a theme where I've had guys that have a great feel to hit that I think can add power through muscle. This is another one that fits that. I mean, right now he's already kind of stocky and has that weight at 5'11", 185. But, you know, just adding that strength, I think, could take a big step. He's kind of already built like a bowling ball. I mean, the swing is just really powerful, just quick bat speed. And some of the home runs he hit were were absolutely mashed. And so he's one that I think could you really watch out for, and he could really take off. Really one of the, the major things with him also is uh, ground ball rate. So that's something to watch. If he can lift the ball a little more, that he could also get to that home run power that way just by lifting the ball a little more here. So Penango is one to watch. And, you know, I think that there's potential where if he can adjust the swing just a little bit, he could really take off. So a little bit of strength, a little bit of swing change, and Penango is one to really watch out for here. And so, again, super into the radar, get him really cheap in Dynasty Leagues, and I would absolutely recommend doing so. He's a fun name to say that. Uh, you Hendrick Penango. That's just a keep very, saying it over and over and over. It's a great, it's a great name. And you know, I have a lot of confidence in the Cubs on, especially on the hitting set of things. They, they've done a pretty good job developing offensive talent over the last decade or so. Uh, so it's one of, one of my systems I really lean on, you know, in terms of that side of the ball. So like Penango, like the skills, that's another great pick there. Uh, all right, enough of this. Let's go back to Seattle here. That was enough of a Seattle break here. I'm going to go with a guy that's only got into 14 games this past year uh, in the Arizona Complex level. Uh, 57 at bats, or excuse me, 57 plate appearances. Kind of struggled. And this this is Jonathan Classe from the Mariners, obviously. Um, like I said, didn't really have the greatest showing. 245, 333, 388. Slash line after that breakout year he had in the Dominican Summer League back in 2019, where he hit 300 with a 434 OBP. Uh, but still, he still stole 16 bags in 14 games. Again, rookie ball, but that's just crazy. You know, it doesn't matter what the rules are, what the quality of catchers are, quality of pitchers, and how they hold guys on first base. 16 steals is 16 steals in 14 games. That is insane. Uh, the speed is there. He's a plus runner. Maybe, I don't know if I quite go double plus, but easily a plus runner has shown the desire to want to run. He had 31 steals in 63 games back in the DSL in 2019, was caught 10 times there. So has the speed, wants to run. Uh, I think Seattle's going to give him every chance to run here moving forward. A little bit on the smaller size, listed at 5'8", 160. Uh, but I think he's bulked up a bit. He's, he's very strong. Like That's not like a small like slap hitter looking 5'8", 150. Like, he is... Very strong. The power hasn't been there, though. He has two home runs in each year, four total in 343 plate appearances. But I think that power could come in time. It looks like he's bulked. Some of the videos I've seen over the last month or two, it looks like he's bulked up a decent amount here. Still only 18 years old, too, so could you know add even more bulk here over the next year or two. Um, but that's going to be the, the sticky point. I, I think the hit tool is, is pretty solid. Uh, could be above average. I, th- I think he gets a little – he knocked a bit too much for only hitting 245 this past year. But, again, that was in 14 games. So, I think he's definitely a guy that could hit like 270, 280, add 20 to 25 steals. And that power is going to be what determines whether he's a poor man's like Miles Straw or if he can add, you know, 10 to 15 home runs to that. I think he can get up there. I guess I, The swing is very quick. He can drive the ball 
more of a line drive type of hitter right now. But if he starts hitting the ball in the air more consistently, uh, I think that raw power could really translate into, I think, 15 or so home runs. Like this past year, he did have a fly ball rate around 40%. You know, ground ball rate got down to 43.3% after being very ground ball heavy uh, back in 2019. And he can use the entire field as well. His oppo rate was the exact same as his pull rate. And that was basically the same thing back in 2019 as well. So use the entire field. I think if he just starts hitting the ball in the air a little bit more, really driving it, he could get up in the double-digit home run territory to go with a pretty solid hit tool and good speed as well. So and then that speed is going to be really valuable for fantasy. So not sure where he fits in. They have a lot of outfielders already ahead of him. Obviously, Kalanick and J-Rod and Haniger and uh, Kyle Lewis and several others. So we'll see how he fits in long-term, but he's still several years away. So this has plenty of time to work itself out, but love the talent here. I think he can take a big jump in 2021 or 2022, excuse me. Uh, could be top 100 guy by the end of the year, maybe even by mid-season if he, if he starts the year hot, like the skills are good. So could definitely see him j- making that jump early on in the season. Uh, so Jonathan Class A, my next outfield breakout here. Back over to Chris. Back to the Mariners. Yeah, I've had this is a third one for me for tonight, fourth overall, but the system's insane. We're going with Alberto Rodriguez, outfielder in the Mariners system. You just mentioned how are they all going to fit? Who knows? Not really worried about that yet, but right. um Rodriguez is kind of under the radar right now. He was acquired in the Taiwan Walker deal in 2020. I just don't think that anyone's really looking at him and seeing much right now. But, man, you look kind of under the hood, and there's a lot to like here. You look in a decent plate discipline. There's good power. There's even some speed, which, you know, I don't know how much speed will be part of his game moving forward. But, you know, he's stolen bases. I mean, last year he stole 15 while hitting 10 home runs, pushed a 295 average in low A with a 383 OBP. And you look, and uh, this is from Joe Doyle. He quoted that uh, he was one of just three players in the organization to have an average exit velocity north of 89 miles an hour with also a whiff rate below 25%. The other two are Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez. So that's uh, pretty remarkable and worth noting there that yeah, that's pretty good company to be in if, if you're putting those two prospects up with, with Alberto Rodriguez. Again, he was just 20 years old last season doing this. Uh, he's now 21, and he should be in double-A this year. He could start in high, but I could see him in double-A now that he's he's 21. You know, you're looking at a, a hitter from the left side who generates pretty easy power, and I just don't think that people have really gotten into who he is. You look, and you know, there's God, I'm just watching the video, and it's easy pop when he swings, and just – Quick bat speed, barrels the ball well, and overall it's just a profile that I really like and will bet on. And he's gotten very athletic over the last year. He actually lost some weight, which I think did lead to the stolen bases, and that could be a difference. I mean, his list weight is 180. Not sure he's quite that, and if so, he's, he's a little more muscular, but I think that he jumps on the top 100 prospect list pretty easily. I think he's in for a big year this year. So watch for the name, Alberto Rodriguez, who hits the ball extremely hard and doesn't swing and miss very often. All right. Seattle is done. That's <laughs> enough Seattle, guys. Four in one episode, but this speaks to the talent in that org. Uh, but no more in, it in the last three. We actually go over to the East Coast here, to my Boston Red Sox, to one of the more exciting players in this entire organization that doesn't get the love quite yet, but he will. 
and that's Miguel Blayas. Uh, he was signed back in January of 2021 for $1.5 million. And, you know, it didn't have a standout first year, uh, this past year in the, in the DSL. He slashed 252, 331, 420. Did have four, uh, four home runs and seven steals with six doubles in 136 plate appearances. But you look at, he is just six foot three, 180 of strength and power and athleticism and speed like this is gonna be this might be the best power speed blend in the entire system uh long term because obviously you, you got the guys with power all that cast is you got the speed with Duran, but this could be the best blend of the two and i'm not saying he's gonna be better than those guys but definitely has big time breakout potential here this is a very strong frame he's already bulked up a bit uh, but this is a guy he plays center field. Like you, you see the size, 6'3, 180, uh, but very, very athletic. Like this is plus or better athleticism, moves well in the outfield. So I think he could stick um, in center field long term. We'll see. See how the frame, he, may, he might have to get pushed to a corner, but uh, if he bulks up too much, but we'll see. But there's plus speed here right now that I don't think will drop too much. Like I said, these guys that have this type of athleticism. You know, just because they bulk up, they don't always lose that foot speed. So maybe down to above average speed guy long term, but that could be plus or better raw power. This could be a 2020 plus type of guy or at least 20 plus home runs, 15 plus deals. We'll see how the, how the hit tool. He showed a decent feel for hitting um, very quick right handed swing. We'll see how that develops. But the power speed blend here is insanely enticing. He just turned 18 a couple of days ago on the first of March, probably comes stateside. Uh, this year gets into the Florida complex level. Uh, so hopefully we can get some more good looks at him, some better video of him than uh, from the DSL. But one of the more exciting prospects in this Red Sox org that I think he's going to get the, the love he deserves this year uh, as he comes stateside. So go get some Miguel Blayas right now as his price will probably skyrocket this year if those tools translate into stats uh, here and when he comes stateside in 2022. So, I will sneak in one Red Sox here, one of my favorites in this org. Miguel Blayas, back over to Chris for your last guy. Yeah, he's a good one. Blayas is one that I definitely considered, uh, but good pick for sure. Let's go to the Phillies organization to talk about Johan Rojas. Now, Rojas is one that I think flies on the radar, but it's pretty toolsy when you look from a hit, power, and speed standpoint. Um, he did in the season injured last year, but I think that he's one that, could really jump and easily be a top 100 prospect next, by this time next season. Um, he played across the board from complex ball all the way to high A. He only played one game in complex ball, kind of interesting. But you know, he played in low A, 351 plate appearances, just hit 240 there, which is a slight bit concerning. Uh, but he did have seven home runs, stole 25 bases. But then he jumped to high A and Definitely had a better showing there while just being 17 games and 74 plate appearances. The plate discipline looked better. He hit 344, stole eight bases, and hit three home runs. The power speed looks pretty undeniable here. I guess the biggest question is contact skills. What will that be like? And when you're questioning and you look at the batting average, I'm not sure his batting average was really reflective of who he was because he had a 78% contact rate in low A where he posted that lower batting average. His BABIP was fairly low for a player of his speed at 283. So I think you can see that really tick up for 240 average. Uh, not what I'd expect out of a player that 
you know, makes that kind of contact, has good sprint speed in the low Babbitt. But then we saw the jump where in high A he had a 344 average, and the contact rate there was 87.5%, which is really good. And you look, while going back to 2019, just rookie ball samples, both his contact rate was near 83%, which is pretty awesome to see there. So you're looking at a player that has good contact skills, and he's got a sweet swing, um, can really lift the ball pretty easily. And you know, there's been some good videos of him early in camp where he's just really ripping on some pitches and sending him out of the park. So he's one that will be worth watching close in the spring and then even as the minor league season begins. But um, he's one that in a pretty, let's say, unheralded farm system here, like the Philly system doesn't have a ton going for them. People don't talk about it a lot while they are getting better. I think Rojas um, could really make a jump and definitely be a top 100 prospect this time next year with that power speed. And I think the hit tool is better than advertised. So watch out for Rojas. He's a player that I really like a lot and could really take off this year. 100% agree. That was another name I was considering. So love the Rojas pick. I am going to go out to Milwaukee to round up the show uh, with another outfield. They have a lot of talented outfield prospects there in Milwaukee and Henry Mendez, I think is going to be the next one that really makes a name for himself in 2022, just turned 18 back in November, put all of last year at age 17, uh, split time between the Dominican summer league and the Arizona complex level combined to slash 316, 409, 470 in 138 plate appearances. You know, the power speed wasn't there. It was only one home run, three steals, but added nine doubles and three triples. You know, the, the hit tool is what has scouts really enamored. You know, I've seen some plus, you know, potential future value 60 on his hit tool. Uh, and you look at his co- his contact rate from the Arizona complex level, and it was 84.1% when he hit 317 at the level. So off to a good start there, but making those, you know, future great, uh, future hit tool grades look pretty damn solid. And I think there's definitely some more power. He's not the biggest guy around. He's, um, only 175, but six foot two, plenty of projection there. Um, has a really low center of gravity at, at the plate, really quick left-handed swing. Uh, the bat speed is is easily plus on the left side, keeps his hands inside, really whips the head through bat head through the strike zone, uh, with a pretty, you know, a slight uppercut swing path. So uh it was you know one of the videos I remember seeing earlier on the offseason that I just pulled up earlier uh before I was, we came on the air. Trevor Huth uh, posted it. I it was originally from Brewers player development page, but it's just a Mendez absolutely just assaulting uh, pitch back in November. And you can really tell like this, this kid is going to be, there's more power here coming. Like he looks like a guy that could grow into above average to plus power as well. Not the speediest guy around. I don't think that this is going to be a huge part of his game, but I think long-term at fringe average runner, we'll see how he fills up that six foot two frame long-term, but could be at least a guy that at least adds five, six, seven steals annually to go along with pretty good average and a good, uh, you know, 20, 25 homer bat. We'll see how, again, see how the frame fills out, but definitely more power projection in this profile. So really like Milwaukee um, with all their outfielders, and he's another one that could be thought of as a top 100 guy before too long. So get on the Hendry Mendez train now before that price really soars uh, in 2022. That's gonna wrap us up, though, Chris. That was a uh, that was a fun episode. Got sixteen Ooh. names in and yeah. under about fifty five minutes here. That was pretty fun. That's pretty good. That's a record. We're normally well over an hour, so 
hitting those names, you know, getting them out to the listeners. That was a good episode. A lot of good names. Absolutely. And that, like I said, that is going to wrap up this episode, number 97. We'll be back next week with episode 98. Not sure quite what we're going to do yet, but we'll think of something good for y'all. Don't you worry about that. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoCleg. I'm at AirCross04. And our show is at Fantrex Toolshed. And check out all of our written work at FantrexHQ.com, over on our Patreon, and also at Fantasy Pros as well. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care and screw you, Rob Bamford. Asbury, Methodist Village, and Montgomery County take senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal opportunity housing provider. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion?